0: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Through him all things were made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him known.
1: So that reading is in your leaflets. If you want to keep track of it. But didn't the children do well um, getting that first Christmas scene photo together? And they got me thinking about family photos because lots of people uh, get together and do a family photograph at Christmas, don't they? Uh, Maybe put it on a Christmas card and send it out along with a smug newsletter about all your marvellous achievements that year sort of thing. Uh, maybe you've tried to make one. Here's one uh, we took last year when we went to get our Christmas tree. Looking Christmassy. Uh, and Christmas is a reminder of the, that's what God is doing now. It's like he's getting a crowd together. He's adding more and more people to the family for the biggest perfect family photo. Biggest perfect family photo. He's getting together. Uh, I love looking at a website called Awkward Family Photos. Um, people send in their most embarrassing fo- family photographs. Um, and here are some of the best Christmas ones. So we've got four of them. Uh, so for that. So there's traditional matchy-matchy, try and look happy kind of thing. Uh, how about this next one? The jealous one. You know, big brother's got a big bike. I've got a little tricycle. I'm pretty grumpy about that. Um, Next one, just a sort of generally awkward one. Like you're trying to set everyone together to look happy. But actually, all the relationships are showing up in front of the lens. And then this last one, I reckon all the dads here will relate to this. Christmas morning. You're tired, you're not having enough sleep. Everyone's got up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you've got to put a doll's house together. Pretty good. Look at that face. (laughs) So they're good pictures to have a laugh at, aren't they? And I think, really, they give us a sense of relief. A kind of a, oh, phew, it's not just my family. I wonder if you've got one of those photos, one that stops you in in your tracks in a good way. Uh, it really gives you kind of that warm, fuzzy feeling inside. It triggers, um, it's like a trigger that fires off lots of happy memories and takes you to that happy time and place. Well, this is like the family photo that God is getting ready to take. It's just humming with joy and laughter and love. And it, it won't just be a memory, it'll go on forever. Christmas is about God turning up in person to send out the invites to be part of it. To be included in a family photo with no hurt, with no heartache, no broken relationships, just perfect love. I wonder, is that the kind of picture you'd like to be part of? Because as well as the photos that give us that warm glow, there are the photos that make us cringe as well. Maybe you've got some of those, ones that you just keep kept in a drawer out of sight or ones that you avoid looking at because they rake up lots of bad memories. Yet those photographs that you uh, that are too hard to look at or ones that are actually good memories, but it's too painful to look at because that person isn't there anymore. We can all think of Christmases that have been a bit awkward. Um, there's something about Christmas... It's weird, isn't it? You put an unusual combination of people together in the same room for an unusual amount of time, all to eat together, unusual food, about which you can make lots of mistakes and get the timings wrong. It's a perfect combination. And it can be like trying to put together an unnatural, awkward pose for a group photograph. And that can lead to great laughs and great joy and lots of fun can also lead to a bit of conflict and a bit of sadness. And those awkward family photos, those awkward family situations, speak to what we know deep down to be true. Things are not quite right. Things in the world are not how they're supposed to be. Not just with who we are and our families over Christmas, but with every person in all of the world. So, Christmas family. So, here's me and my siblings. Uh, this photo is from about, I don't know, a while ago, five or six years ago. I've got five sisters and a brother. And so, you can imagine Christmases growing up were a bit bonkers, a bit chaotic. And as well as my, my siblings, we always, all the time we were growing up, we always had at least one extra foster child as well. And there was one I particularly remember. We'll call him George. George was with us for about five years. He was one year younger than me. And each Christmas, George's mum would arrange to visit, and George would go over to the newsagent's across the road from our house. He'd buy the, the most expensive box of chocolates he could afford, and he'd, with his pocket money, and he'd sit by the front room window, waiting for his mum to arrive. She was supposed to be coming at lunchtime, and he'd wait, and he'd wait. <laughs> And he'd wait. And it would get to about 6 p.m. And then he'd go to my mum, gave her the chocolates and said, I think you best have these. I don't think she's coming. And she never came. Any Christmas. Christmas can be painful, can't it? When there's somebody not with us because they can't be, or even worse, because they don't want to be. Don't you just get the feeling things are not how they're supposed to be? Even in that first Christmas photo that we recreated with the kids, it's a real mixed bag. There's the shepherds and the wise men. They're like, wow, this is him. This is the one who's come to save us and make everything right. And they worship him. But on the other hand, you've got Herod. He was the Roman's puppet king, he was the man in power. And when the wise men turn up saying Jesus is the new real king, God's king, well, he doesn't like the idea of someone else calling the shots. So he doesn't receive Jesus. He's not willing to hand over the reins. Instead, he tries to Photoshop Jesus out of the picture. And it's a really horrible part of the story that you can read in Matthew 2. But Jesus would go on to say that the truth about it about us is that there's a bit of Herod in all of us. We find it hard to let anyone else be in the driving seat. So why should we let Jesus take over? Why should we receive Jesus? At the reading we heard on the video, and that's in your leaflets, it's from John's uh, biography. John's account of Jesus' life story. And John, about Jesus' birth, doesn't tell us about Mary and Joseph and all all that bit of it. John instead just tells us what's the big deal about Christmas, about Jesus' birth. So verse 14, chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. I just want to explain those two words, truth and grace. First, I'll do them in reverse order. First, truth. Jesus came full of truth. Jesus shows us the truth about ourselves. Uh, Jesus is like a mirror that shows us up for what we're really like. In his perfection, we see ourselves as we really are. Jesus shows us what our awkward family photos show us, that we all want to do our own thing. We don't, by default, without God's help, we don't want Jesus in charge. Well, the good news of Christmas is that Jesus came for the Herods of the world, the George's mums of the world, for me and for you. Because Jesus also came full of grace. Grace is another way of saying gift, a free gift, a precious gift. I wonder, can you remember what's the best Christmas gift you've ever been given? Uh, My wife Sharon's given me some excellent gifts over the years. But the one that still stands out to me is the most precious gift. Because one year, Sharon came along with me to our works Christmas party. Now, this is a long time ago. I was young and daft. This is my disclaimer before I tell this story. So Sharon came along to our works Christmas party, and one of my colleagues loved to stir up trouble and gossip and all the rest of it. So he came up to me, standing next to Sharon, with a packet of cigarettes. I said, do you want a cigarette, Colin? Go on. You usually do. You see, at the time I'd lied to Sharon, I'd told her that I'd stopped smoking, but had carried on smoking behind her back when I was out with friends, especially work colleagues. So between me telling bareface lies and this guy troublemaking, poor Sharon was hurt and embarrassed, and I was so ashamed. But Sharon forgave me. The whole of Christmas could have been ruined under a cloud. Could have been ruined, but she forgave me. I didn't deserve forgiveness. I'd done the wrong thing. I'd been an idiot. But she forgave me. Where would we be without forgiveness, especially at Christmas? Is there any better gift going than forgiveness? Well, Jesus is forgiveness wrapped up as a gift for us to receive. Jesus is so committed to making sure we can be part of his perfect family photo that he became one of us. Because just like Herod said, no thanks, that's what we do to God. But Jesus has done everything we need so that we can be forgiven by God. He makes it so our slate is clean. We're off the hook. There's no awkward issues left festering under the surface to be sorted out. All that hurt and broken relationships that George's mum has done, that Herod has done, that I've done, that you've done, is taken care of so that we can join in Jesus' perfect picture. Jesus is saying, all of me is committed to all of you to become part of my family photo. All of God committed to us being part of his family photo this Christmas. Now, in about seven sleeps, I dare say some of, a, num- some of, a number of us are going to be getting some presents. And when somebody gives you something wrapped up in Christmas wrapping paper and hands it to you, you don't sit there thinking... Well, what am I supposed to do with this? You know what to do with it. It's a gift. You gratefully receive it and you unwrap it. And we heard about receiving in that in front, in the reading uh, verses ten and twelve, ten to twelve. He Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children of God, that means one of the family. We get a place at God's Christmas dinner table, sitting next to Jesus himself, pulling a cracker, a bonbon, and passing the cranberry sauce to the author of life, the perfect son of God. Welcomed in as one of the family, your feet under the table, glass in hand, your gifts under the tree. Jesus is the gift that makes sure nobody needs to be left out of the perfect picture that God is making. There's no catch. We can't buy it. We certainly don't deserve it. All you can do is just open your hands, open your heart and receive receive Jesus as the free gift of forgiveness and as you receive Jesus you receive life even those who were part of that first christmas photo the shepherds the wise men even mary even joseph they needed to receive Jesus there's a story in the gospels later on when Jesus has grown up uh, mary and Jesus brothers go looking for him they know he's nearby doing his thing and they, they get a message to him and say tell him his mum and his brothers are here but jesus replies that his true family are those that receive his invitation to be part of god's family even mary his own mum, had to receive jesus as the only one who could get her into god's family So whatever the photo album of our life looks like, whoever we are, whatever we've done, there is nothing in there that can keep us out of the perfect picture God is making if you receive Jesus. Now, lots of people battle this away because they think, well, it's too late for me. I'm too far gone. I've not done anything for Jesus up to now. So it's probably a bit late. I've got nothing to offer. And if that's you, let me tell you, Jesus does not have a too hard basket. There are no no hopers. Because remember who you're dealing with the maker of the universe. And remember the length he's gone to for you. Nobody is excluded. Everyone is invited to be part of God's family, join in with his family photograph of life. And it's a photo, photo that more and more people are joining every day. It's a photo that's getting bigger and bigger. And the question today is will you say yes to his offer of forgiveness? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you've not just left the world to it, you've sent Jesus to rescue us and save us, that you're gathering a people to yourself now and offering forgiveness through Jesus. Uh, We admit we need his forgiveness, and we accept him and receive him like we do a gift in faith. Amen.